Let's bring this all the way back around to where we started, which was us talking about. Where did my Joe, money go? No, well, there, there was that. Oh. But talking about Joe Rogan signing with Spotify, I mean, a hundred million dollars is a lot of freaking money. And we don't even know if it's that. I think it's one to two hundred million. So, do you think that this would be considered selling out in the podcast game? How did I know you were going to say that when you? I'm not saying that I that I believe that. I'm asking that as a legit question because people might look at it that way. I'm just curious. I think it's an extension of revolutionizing the podcast game, like he's already done. That's what I think. Revolutionizing how? Like this is the route to go to to you know to sign, or not? I guess sign solely with a certain streaming service to make that money. No, meaning you're getting up upfront money to do to have a control-free show. You know, you control the content. You're getting money up front to do what you do. I think in in small doses, you've had that in some instances with other sort of outlets. Yeah. But nothing like this. So you're saying saying outside of the sponsorship game, you know, like people who listen to podcasts know a, a major... Most source revenue for a podcast is going to be sponsors, where they're going to pay you a certain amount of money per downloads that you get and things like that. But so you're saying revelation, revolutionizing in the fact that this is money up front versus this is money per episode kind of a thing, right? Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials as well. In this episode, Patrick gives us a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes for a band to be successful in the industry. We chat about Joe Rogan moving his podcast to Spotify and how streaming music works with companies such as Spotify. And we finish off with some pretty intense UFC debate. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato, Patrick Blair, Skype Land, you know the deal by now. And I, sir, am sitting here with a good glass of whiskey to celebrate my next six days off. You have more days off than I do. What an asshole. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Mine started yesterday. I know. I don't have, I don't have whiskey, but... What is that? Just soda? Just Zevia? No, that's Tito's and Zevia. That's what I figured. My, it's my go-to. Yeah. I've seen that a time or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going on a little vacation for your, for your days off? I mean, I, I don't know if you'd consider it a vacation, just camping. <laughs> Where are you going? Give them a shout out. Because I know you're going to like, a, you have to, do you have to pay to go there? Yeah. It's called, it's called Twin Eagle. Is there, That's, is there a wider thing than, yeah, I'm going to go pay to go sleep outside? But I'm not sleeping outside. I'm sleeping well, in you're a not, house. No, I'm, you're I'm, not. I'm sleeping in a you house that white privilege, on but, wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's still a white thing too, but I'm just saying there's, there's not a wider thing, but like, yes, I'm going to go pay to camp. Right. Why? 
So you're just saying that because you don't see many black people doing that? Now, why has it got to be white versus black, bro? Didn't we have this conversation two yes. episodes ago? Yes, but you, you made it a white thing. I can't. I can say how, what I want about can, white people, dude. That this makes no sense. You're my vanilla, man. I can say this, what I want this about ma- you. This makes no sense. What do you mean? You can't call something so white. Oh, I certainly can. You, sir, you are racist. <laughs> Against white people, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna pay to camp? I am. Whew. Sounds like fun. Uh-huh. But you, like you said, you live in luxury, though. You got that that privilege. You worked hard. You bought a a mobile RV, right? You're like Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Yes, shitter's that full. That there's an RV, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's a newer RV, right? You didn't get like an old clunker. You 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 like spent your hard earned dollars on on a on a home. I mean, you could a, live in that fucker. It's a 2015 home. If that. Could I live Five in it? Years old. Could I not live in bad. it? Yes. Would I want to? No. Why not? What if you had to? If I had to, yeah, I could. I wouldn't want the to. Rona, the Rona takes over. You got to, you know what? Grab the wife, grab the dogs, grab the stuff. We got to get in this thing and we got to go to the woods and we're going to be there forever. You could do it. I could. You could. Uh huh. Are you ready, though? Do you have all the necessary supplies? You no. haven't stocked up. No. <laughs> Walmart's not going to help you do this, that. Am I supposed no. to be preparing for an apocalypse? I'm just saying, I don't, I'm just saying, <clears throat> I was driving around today, I was telling you before this, and I was, uh, I was looking at, now, albeit it was two in the afternoon or whatever it was, so I'm not expecting too many people to be day drinking. However, I was driving by all the bars, not only in my current neighborhood, but in my old neighborhood. I had to return to my old neighborhood for a reason, and was trying to see which places have opened up and stuff, and I'll tell you this: the only ones that have opened up are like the the true the true blue neighborhood places, right? They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Columbo's and Dogtown open. All all the the workers from the factories and stuff sitting out there, chugging Budweiser, smoking cigarettes on the patio. Like, forget it. Corona, what? They don't know what Corona <laughs> is. You know, with with with, look, with, look, with everything that's been going on, you said you weren't expecting too many people to be day drinking. However, I think day drinking is just going to become straight drinking for a while, especially yeah, in the bar scene here. You know, here come now that things are starting to open back up. The weekends are going to be nuts. Yeah. Well, did you see a story out of our out of our out of my neighborhood actually went viral? About what? So the Deerbergs by my house. They turned their buffet. So, you know, normally when you go into a grocery store, they have the buffet there, mm-hmm. the salad bar. Mm-hmm. It's all little airplane bottles of booze now. It's been like that since since the store. I've been, I've been to this store, and this is the funniest thing about this. So a lady posted a picture of this, right? Uh-huh. Tweeted it, and it went viral. The New York Post or whatever uh, did a story about it. Wow. And tried to get Deerbergs to, uh, tried to get Deerbergs to, uh, comment on the story and Deerbergs wouldn't say anything. Now I've been to this store 20 plus times since lockdown or quarantine or whatever you want to call it started. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Now this, is this must mean I'm a true boozer because I've seen it and went, ha, that's what I did. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Didn't even think twice. Didn't even th- I was more worried about the, the zaps chips next to it to get to my pregnant wife. Cause she likes those voodoo chips. 
I was more worried about those than all the booze. I was just like, eh, yeah, makes sense. Just walk by it 20, 20 plus times now, every time. Just like, eh. yeah. And then this lady posted it and it goes viral and now it's all over the place. Wow. I mean, is this Deerbergs all across the country? Are, are they wait, doing I, that? I don't know. Also, are Deerbergs all across the country? I don't know for sure. I don't believe so. I think it's a Missouri, Illinois thing. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I think so. Anyways, uh, what, what you reminded me of before we, we move too far forward is, do you know the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're on the cruise ship and Charlie and Frank both ha- are wearing these big yes. coats and they have yes. they have beer in them? Well, they walk through and there's a pitcher of orange juice sitting there. And Charlie's like, what is that? He's like, that's orange juice. He goes, the mixer? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You just reminded me of that because it's just like it's just it's booze. That's it. It's just that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Rum ham. <laughs> um, yeah. So that story went viral, and I I swear I've I never to be honest like when when I saw that she posted a pic like oh the thing that crossed my mind wasn't oh I should have posted a picture of that so I could have gone viral I was like. I'm such an alcoholic that I didn't even think to post a picture of it because it was normal to me. Well, that's bad. There's I don't the, like that. There's that. I don't like. So it went viral, and Deerbergs will not comment. And I've seen a bunch of people, you know, from St. Louis that I follow on Twitter. They've reposted it, reposted it, and I was like, oh, there's. So I retweeted it and said, hey, there's my neighborhood, and then I, uh, I added Zaps because my wife loves those chips. Do you think that, that's the end of it? I, I mean, me. in your personal opinion, is that something that's worth going viral? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, what? So I mean, it should it should not shock anyone, especially right. in St. Louis. Now, the area that I'm in, a little bit surprising. Maybe that was the first thought that I had. Like, oh wow. Again, I was like, "Ooh, it's good. Everybody needs it," and I just walked by. It's <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Also, they were airplane bottles. I need bigger bottles, so I just walked right by it. I don't need. I don't need little tiny. You know, I'm not. I'm not getting on a flight, so I don't need it. I legit uh, don't know that I have ever bought the small bottles of anything. Oh, I have for sure. But well, for a flight, for definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I don't normally fly. If I do, if I and if I do fly, I will get a drink while I'm on there. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever. Which seems so weird that I'm from the woods and that those are the people that you would think are going to the gas station and stocking up on those things on a... You got moonshine and spit buckets in your backyard, so what do you need little airplane bottles of booze for? Jeez, just throw in a bonfire and we're good to go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so is it, should it go viral? I don't know, who cares? I mean... I thought it was funny because it, just from my own personal experience, been like, God, I've been there so many times and I'm such an asshole. I didn't even think to like even send a picture to my wife, like, cause my wife hasn't been to the grocery store since the start of this. Right. So not even to send a picture to her. So I was more excited to get her the chips she likes. That's how priorities, man, you know, we're just, they're all over the place, but <laughs> so good for Deerbergs. I hope they comment. They should call the New York Post. I, I think it was the New York Post. That sounds right. But yeah, they should uh, They should give them a call back. Comment on that. wonder if any other grocery store chains are taking uh, taking that concept and putting it into action anywhere. Why wouldn't you? People yeah. are drinking right now. I mean, look, if you're going to make them stay at home, you know, they had, um, 
Oh, here's a good story. Forgot about this. So we went to Target yesterday. Uh-huh. We had to not necessarily get it yesterday. It's not like it's an, an emergency or anything that's urgent, but we had to get some stuff for the baby mm-hmm. that is not here yet. And so we went to Bye Bye Baby. We were one of four people in the place. And then we went to Target. Now, I've been to this Target, again, five, six times since quarantine started. Okay. Never had a mask on. No one's ever made me. We walk up to it, and all over the doors, you must wear a mask. And I'm like, really? Hmm. So I had one in my car. And let me just tell you something. Did you see the video of the Costco? They do getting kicked out of Costco by the employee because he didn't have a mask on. Uh-uh. So that went viral. It's all over the news today. Okay. Now, I'm just happy that wasn't me at Target. I'm glad I had a mask in my car. But my wife can attest, I complained the entire time we were in there <laughs> that I had this fucking mask on. I was not happy. I was just like itching my face. I'm like, can we go now? We're done. We don't have, they don't have it. They don't have what we want. We got to go. We got to go. I'm like scratching. It made me think, well, so it made me think like, all right, why did I not have to wear a mask before? Do they think more people are going to come out now because things are starting to open up? Right. Like what, what are, what are we really doing here? Right. Same with the grocery store. I've never, I've never put on a mask in that place, but when we were at Target, it was funny to me. So I, you ever bought booze at a Target? No. It's an odd thing, right? To think about like I'm getting my booze here. Mm-hmm. But they have a giant, the Target we went to, a giant section of booze, right? So they had this uh, this display thing with like pretzels and chips and this vodka that I've never heard of. It, I don't know what brand it is. I've never heard of it. Giant bottles. You can get a bottle for $14.99, giant bottles with a bag of chips for $1.99 and this and that. And I'm like, you're never going to see that at a Target other than right now. There's no way. Right. They're not, that, that display does not exist without the current thing that we're going through. And I was just like, yeah, they're going to keep capitalizing, keep capitalizing. I, I mean, have you been inside a Walmart yet? I know you guys are, are Walmart goers. Yes. I wasn't. I mean, I, Crazy. well, honestly, I haven't been in there lately. A couple of weeks ago I was in there and it's not crazy, but it's, I mean, it, it, the feeling is odd just seeing people walking around with masks, but they don't, they're not requiring you to wear masks. The only thing that they're trying to require you to do, and I say trying in air quotes, is they have arrows on the floor. So you're you're only supposed to go like certain directions. There ain't nobody fucking listening to that. You're telling me I need something on the very other end of that aisle and I have to go all the way around to get to it? No, there ain't no way. People are not following that. I would say that the average Walmart shopper doesn't follow rules in general. Okay. I'll give you that. So, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> like Walmart, you- Walmart has its certain category of people. Like the, if you go to Walmart, and I'm throwing myself Categories in this. Categories and interesting words, <laughs> just, but go on. You know what I mean? Like if you, ah. if, you if you if you are, I take that back. If you're a Walmart goer at a certain time, especially like late at night you are in a select category. Like people put you into a certain category. Like that's where you, that's where you see those, all the memes all over Facebook and stuff of people who, you know, the people dressed really weird or wearing sleep pants or, you know, whatever in Walmart. Sleep pants? That's, well, I'm just saying. Well, pajamas. Sleep pants. They're called, 
<laughs> What's wrong with the word sleep pants? Is that weird? Is that what they call them? I've never heard those called sleep pants. Oh my God. I want a poll right now. Anybody who listens to this right now, well, not Pajamas. right now, but I want to know if anybody calls them sleep pants or if I'm the only one. Well, people from your area, I'm sure people in Walmart might call them sleep <laughs> pants. Yeah. Is there a sleep pants section in Walmart? Probably. No, there's a pajama <laughs> section. <laughs> Good God. Uh, sleep pants. Hey, so do you, are you a, and I just watched this before, are you a Machine Gun Kelly fan? Uh, that ish. I'm not going to say I listened to his whole catalog, now, but. After our last episode, I have to make sure you know who that is. <laughs> Don't yes. you say yes to appease me. Yes, I do know who Machine Gun Kelly is. Okay. So did you hear that he's his next album is going to be a pop punk album? Mm-mm. Yes. So he's already released a couple of songs. His last single, uh, it's called My Bloody Valentine. He just released a video. Four hours ago, it already has 500,000 views. Right. His co-star in the video is Megan Fox. Okay, I just see, I seen this when I was scrolling through Facebook a while ago before we got on here. I didn't watch the video, but um, well, I'll start. I'll start with this. It's a really good song. He is. He's getting really good at making. Highly infectious pop music, especially of the rock persuasion. He he. He's making really good pop rock music, and okay. he has on, okay, so on his previous albums, even though like majority of the album has been hip hop. There have been some really good rock influence songs on there. Um, what were you going to say? Well, so I know that a lot of bands or solo artists or whatever don't like to be compared to other solo artists or bands or anything like that. But yeah. if you had to compare what his new sound or you know whatever he's doing now, if you had to compare that to another band, could you give me some somebody who's comparable? Sure. Well, Travis Barker is playing drums on the song. Okay. I would I would definitely say there's a Blink-182 influence on it. Right. Um, but he's not he's not a bad singer by any means, but he's not your your prototypical pop punk singer. He doesn't have a high register when he sings. Right. But I think that's what makes it cool, to be honest. I think he's still him on it. He's not he's not doing anything that's not his voice. So it's a good song. It's a well-written song, catchy song. Let me tell you something. My whole point of this is Megan Fox has still got it, dude. I knew you were bringing it, you were bringing it back around to that. Damn. My wife even sent me the video. She's like, "Have you seen this? Megan Fox is hot." I'm like, "Oh, I've seen it, and yes, you're correct." <laughs> um, like that was a dumb question. Of course, I've seen this, and I heard too. Um, I just seen an article yesterday that she, her, and her man just split up or something, right? I have no idea. It was her man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just seen the article. I have no idea. Where did you see the article? Mm, Facebook, I'm assuming, or Instagram, one of the two. Of course. It's got to be Facebook. That doesn't mean that it's true. I'm just saying that I mean, well, if you're, if yeah. you're bringing her up and it, it's just interesting that you're bringing her up after I just seen that. <laughs> I thought the other thing that I thought was cool is... The interesting thing for, well, the interesting thing for me to think about is him getting into this phase of his career at his age. Like he's not, 
a young kid anymore. Like he's like 30 years old, which again, it's not old by any means, but in your music career, you're at that sort of crossroads of like, all right, what do I do? You know, cause your sound when you're 30 changes typically for most people, right? You're supposed to mature, right? Okay. Um, so I find it very interesting that this is what he's doing at this stage in his career, number one. But number two, I like that he's doing it, so it doesn't bother me at all. I think he should do it, to be honest with you, because I think he's writing good pop music with the rock influence. But I thought it was very cool of him to put Megan Fox in the video and not some 21-year-old Instagram model. Because, like, you're 30 now. Right. You don't, you don't need the 21-year-old in the video with you. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though you might be able to still pull 21-year-olds. I'm sure you can. Right. Right? That's not the point. The point is you're you're getting older, you're changing your sound. Why not have, you know, someone in the video who can kind of like people that listen to that sound can kind of sort of make a connection to, right. such as Megan Fox. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all those emo pop punk kids, pop punk kids loved the Transformers movie, right? Yeah. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Or Transformer movies. Mm-hmm. So I thought I just thought it was a good Again, this is me being nitpicky and kind of stupid, douchey about what I think about when I listen to music and watch videos. But I thought it was a good choice. Like, I thought it was cool. Also, she's still hot, so it makes sense <laughs> either way. So so that's something I never really thought about as far as age goes and music, I guess. I mean, you you realize that bands sometimes take a different direction that from where they usually were. Uh, you know, at a certain point in their career, but I never really thought of that as being an age thing. I always thought of that as being like, a, this is the way the industry that I'm in has shifted. So if I want to stay in, you know, stay popular in this industry, in this genre of music, I need to kind of shift my music that way a little bit. So, I mean, do you think, I you think that's a mixture of both? Think it's an age thing and that or what? Yeah, well, I think it's those two things, and I think it's other contributing factors as well. I think that, and I'll use him as an example again, I like what he's doing because he's constantly evolving and changing his approach and his sound, which I think everyone should try and do. Now, look, far be it for me to tell you, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Right. I think that should apply to everything. Look, If you have a model of success and you're still successful making the same type of music over and over and over, then keep doing it until it it breaks, right? I don't think anyone's ever had to tell him that. I think he just keeps changing because he wants to. I think he has uh, a wide variety of influences, and I think he's sort of, I think he's tackling all of them. You know, one of my favorite bands um, is Incubus, and I feel like with every album, they've changed sort of who they are. They just keep, to be honest, I just think they keep making a different record with each record they make. And they lost, I, to, I've seen it, they lost fans because of it, because fans wanted the early sound, and right. they just were not given that to those old sort of hardcore I mean, fans. Yeah, don't you, don't you have to be like a, a hardcore fan of the band themselves to, to hang on if they're putting out a different style every time? Because... You know, you fall in love with an album because you fall in love with that sound, and then they br- and then the next album they kick you in the mouth with something completely different. Not saying you yeah. don't like, you don't have to like it, but still, you know, you fall in love with that sound. And a lot of bands, from their first album to their last album, have a certain style or sound or you know something in there that 
you know, gives you that nostalgic feeling from the first album. Yeah, but like, dude, good a good song is a good song. A good yeah. album is a good album. Good music is good music to me. I don't really care about the sound necessarily. And again, I'll use Incubus as an example. Just um, I think for a while there, they got really... I mean, their their sound certainly was way different than it was during the sort of the Make Yourself, Morning View, Crow Left of the Murder Days. It got very, um, I called it adult contemporary, right? Um, but I thought it was good. I just thought there were good songs. I thought there were there was catchiness to it. I just thought it was good. Now, the people that like Science, their first sort of major release that everyone grew to love, and listen, when I say the people that like science, I mean the people that like science, but all music like that. They never really, they don't have the other areas of influence that sort of they uh, they gravitate to. It's that sound, that's their sound, that's what they live by, that's what they stand by, boom, done. Those people didn't like the other stuff, right? Which is totally fine. I myself, I like stuff that just catches my ear and you know I can sing along to and I remember. Um, if it's not memorable, it's not memorable. Then I don't listen to it. And then I wait for the next one. You know, I think with Machine Gun Kelly, what he's doing is he's just with each album, he's giving you something new, you know, not to mention, look, one of his biggest hits to date has been a pop punk song. The song he did with Youngblood and Travis Barker. And that's a newer song that came out on the cusp of when that last record came out. So I think he found a I think he found a sound that people really like. And I think his his fans, the hip hop fans that he sort of has, the younger crowd that likes his hip hop, I don't think if he makes a pop punk record pop punk record, it's gonna matter to them. I don't think they're gonna care. Just because it's now, him. maybe some of the maybe some of the hip hop heads will be like, Whatever, I don't know what this shit is, man. I'm not gonna you know, that's fine, but I don't think he's worried about losing them because they're not paying his bills. To be honest, right? Hip hip hop heads are not paying that dude's bills, right? And they're not making him his money. So I think it's a, a well. To answer your question, I think it's a lot of things. Those two main things, yes. Age has something to do with it. I think your fan base, but also like, look, what kind of music do you want to write? What kind of music is feels good to you at the in the moment? You know, I don't think there should ever be a time where you go, I'm not going to record this type of song ever again. That to me feels somewhat weird, just as, you know, it would never be something that I choose, but I'm, you know, I'm sure that conversation has been had, but. Right. Do you, do you think that any of the bands that you've been in, that if, if, if you would still be in one of those bands that you would have shifted in a different direction by now, or is that just impossible to, to tell <sighs> because you don't know how things would be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Um, well, okay. Probably... Okay. Let, let me ask you this. It, has your, have your personal influences changed since then, since you were in a band? Nope. No. So I would imagine that more than likely your style probably wouldn't change that much. Mine personally. Yeah. No, probably not. No. But I also adapt to the song that is written, you know. I've Me, never been like what? the main. Well, I've never been like the main songwriter in a band. Like a okay. lot of bands that you hear, there's one songwriter, right? Typically, the vocalist. 
or the vocalist and one other person. I've never been like that. I've never had been like, it's my songs or no songs. So I've always, I've always adapted what I do to whatever the type of song it was or however the song struck me. But I'm, e- dude, I'm easy, man. Like if the song moves me in the slightest way, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it work. Again, it doesn't matter about the style, right? I don't care about styles, like whatever. But I know you hear stories about some bands where they, you know, that's part of the reason why they break up or this and that, you know, the, the songwriter wants to go a completely different direction than the rest of the band, you know, I don't know. I've, I, I've also never felt good about being like, it's my songs or no songs. I've never even been in that situation right. to where someone was like relying on me to write the music, which is probably a good thing. So I don't even know what that feels like to sort of have to worry about the style or worry about changing the sound. You know, I've always just been like, what do we got? I'll help contribute however I can, you know, Oh, I got a guitar part. Here it is. And Oh, I wrote a vocal without hearing. So here it is or whatever. However, you know, with me, I was always sort of just, let's just try to write it and see what happens. Have you done any, uh, instrument instrumentals or anything on any of the, any album that you've been on? Have you done any of the instrumentals for it? Like recorded them? Yeah. Mm-mm. Only vocals. Like, have I recorded instruments on an album? Yes. Oh, yeah. Which would be yeah. what? Guitar? Um, guitar and bass. Okay. And, oh, yeah, and synth. Badly. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible synth. But, yeah. Terrible synth, but yes. And I was actually a bass player in a band for a while. And... Then I got kicked out, and that that band kind of got a little bit big. But yeah, no, are you, are you yeah. not willing to name that band while you're on here? Nope, not gonna name Fuck. it. Okay, well I'll find out afterwards. <laughs> I haven't talked to any of those guys in fifteen years, probably. But I was I let me let me just say this no, I mean no disrespect to bass players, but I hated bass. I was just doing it because I wanted to play. And I was singing backup. So I was like, yeah, something to do. Awesome. I gotcha. Hated bass. Hated it. But it was fun to play. You know, like play shows and practice. But like, I I knew it wasn't a, I knew it wasn't going to be a permanent thing by any means. So. I get it. Whatever. Did you have any concerts planned for, through the rest of the year? That you either have ticket, had tickets for, or that you have, um, don't have tickets for, but you plan on getting tickets for? Uh, yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine and Incubus, oh, that's for right. sure. That's right. Yeah. Oh, um, Incubus was one, too? I didn't realize they were coming back through. Yep. Yep. Them and 311. So that was a bummer. They canceled their, canceled, canceled, canceled their entire tour. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, there was a couple of other ones. I can't, I can't remember them off the top of my head, so. I just, yeah, I just uh, know that they're there. It seems like every day now there's another tour that's been canceled that they've held out. I mean, they've held out for this long and then finally just cut the cord on it. Yeah. Nickelback canceled today. Oh, did they? There are a lot of sad people. Who are, who are they? Who are they with? I have no idea. Oh. Probably themselves. <laughs> I don't think they need to be. Well, I don't think they need to be with anyone. Do you like Nickelback? I don't dislike Nickelback. How about that? Okay. Never purchased a record once. 
never never been sort of a fan uh but i went to see them live and had mad respect for what they were doing it was a lot of fun nice and i got to meet them very down to earth just simple cool dudes very 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 all of them were there too so very very cool dudes uh the bass player we talked hockey for like 10 minutes he's a red wings fan so obviously that was an easy shit talking conversation right. to have. And, um yeah very cool dude so after i met him and then saw them and i had never seen him play live prior to meeting them met them said hello hung out with them for like a half hour saw him play and i was like oh man really cool really good band i mean it was a lot of fun they were shooting beer out of t-shirt cannons and you know just nice. like dude say what you want about their fans about them but look at the end of the day how can you hate on something like that where the, the, the purpose is like, we want to play music that makes people feel good. We want them to feel good while we're playing it. Right. But okay. I don't know why, How, I don't know why or when it became cool to dislike Nickelback. Well, I think when the term butt rock got kind of brought into the, the, <laughs> the social conscience, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you and listen to, I'd never heard the word butt rock until you said it. Really? How I, about cock rock? No. Have these terms been around for a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. There's a specific sound and a specific fan base that makes up butt rock, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so have you seen, I'm sure you have because it's gone viral, the the video of Puddle of Mud doing in-studio recording of Nirvana? Yes. Can you tell me how that's possible? How did how do they let it happen? How do they let it get released? Well, or but not even why that. Did but it happen in the but first how place? how did Wes not know that it sounded that bad? Well, and how did the rest of his bandmates not know that it sounded that bad? At the time or previous to? What do you mean previous to? How so could like, they know ahead of time? Well, if they rehearsed it, they heard him sing it. Oh, okay. Right? Okay, I see what you're saying. You know. Yeah which I'm sure they rehearsed it at least once. You if would, they didn't, then would why would you? Um, you know, sometimes you have a dream and your dream gets crushed <laughs> by your, your own ability. I have no idea. I, I felt bad for the dude. I, I Look, as a singer, you really, really try to test your boundaries, or at least it's good if you try to. And then when you know them and you can't test them anymore, you stop doing it. Unfortunately, he did it on YouTube <laughs> in front of, I guess at this point, millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just maybe 10 years ago, he would have been able to hit those notes, but yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so taking out the fact that we know what we know, Wes's issues that he's had with drug problems in the past and things like that. Yeah. Taking those out of the equation, do you think that this hurts their credibility or no. hurts anything? Right. I don't uh, think it, I don't think it does either. Right. Because it's not like they're going to put out an album that sounds like that. Well, no, they, no, their albums are never going to sound like that. Right. But, that, mean, but, no. that, but that's my point is that anybody who is a fan already knows the old music doesn't sound like that. Knows the new music isn't going to sound like that. If you're a follower of music in the in the in the in the smallest way and you watch live, and you go to live shows you watch live performances you know that people have their off days right especially singers 
you also know that sometimes shit's just not easy to sing. Yeah. You know, Kurt Cobain does not have an, what I consider to be a voice that is easy to mimic by any means. He's not a karaoke voice to me. I don't think anyone could just get up in the karaoke booth and rock a Nirvana song the way that Kurt Cobain does. And let's be honest, that's what he tried to do. That's what the dude from Puddle of Mud tried to do. Right. Instead of trying to make it kind of his own in some way, he tried to... Well, they didn't make the song their own. I mean, they played the song verbatim how Nirvana played it. But that's my point. Yeah. Uh, you know what maybe when they rehearsed it he was feeling better he maybe made the notes sound a little bit better but i mean even the band reacted to it in the moment like oh geez yeah this is this is not going well um yeah probably not a good choice probably not a good idea for him but you could tell even when when he was singing their stuff his range i mean his his voice is fucked at this point he doesn't have and I've seen them live. I mean, he doesn't have this near the same range as he used to. Right. He just doesn't. I mean, his, and you lose that with time if you mistreat your voice, yeah. which he's done everything in his power to do. You know, that's no secret. And I'm not talking shit about him. He's made that. I mean, it's been, been a very, it's been a very public thing that he's been addicted to drugs. He's had a problem with alcohol. All, all the, the shit that you don't want to do if you're a singer, he's done it. Right. So. Um, why that was okayed by anyone for them to go on, was it serious? Yeah. It was serious. Yes. Mm-hmm. What for them to go on serious. And also when did Sirius start doing rock bands again? When did this happen? Did they go get away from it? I wasn't aware. I haven't seen a video anywhere with the name Sirius on it. And it was a rock band and I don't know how many years, maybe I just haven't been looking in the right places, but that's neither here nor there. But, um, I mean, do you think, you think Sirius is lost? Lost a lot no. ever since you don't think so? No, they so? pulled the video. They pulled no, the video. No, I'm not talking about the video in general for them. I'm just talking about Sirius as its own thing in general. Do you think with now having iPhones and, you know, easily downloadable music that Sirius has lost um, a lot? I would say, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I've never had Sirius. I've never been on. I've never actually, I've never actually bought it, but I have had vehicles that had, you know, three months for free of it or something like that. And I would listen to it there, but that's it. See, I have not. So I wouldn't know. I do know that a, a friend, you know, well, actually, no, I take well in rental cars that I've had, there's been serious and I've gone through some of the stations, mm-hmm. I know, like octane. I really like, uh, the, the grunt, the alternative ones really cool. And there's another metal one that I liked when I was in the car I had to drive like four hours from city to city. So, so I checked it out. I mean, it's cool. I don't know. Who knows at this point? I would imagine that streaming has hurt them somewhat. Right. You know, why would you need Sirius when you could just put Spotify on, on your phone, right. and then put it on in your car? Speaking of Spotify, see how much money your boy Rogan's getting? Dude. What the fuck? So, you remember when I said, when we were texting about this last night, remember when I said... Do you remember when he had Steven Tyler on his show and they talked mm-hmm. about Spotify? Yeah. So I rewatched that today. Um, and I'll send you the little 11-minute snippet. Okay. Joe Rogan actually says, why would anyone go to Spotify? Or I don't understand Spotify because it's just a streaming service. They don't pay anyone, this and that. And You know how you get paid? They give you money up front. Exactly. Not for, not for streams. Exactly. That's how you get paid by Spotify. Exactly. 
And, I, and as, soon, as soon as I seen the number that was attached to it, I knew that that was what was going on. Because he's not he, he's not going to go over there and then just get paid for streams. No, fuck no. If you know what they pay artists, why would he even... Right. Yeah, dude. If you... You could have a million streams on Spotify. The most you're going to make is 10 grand. 8 to 10 grand. That's how much they pay. So that equates to like point zero zero three or something like that, I think. Six or something like yeah. that. Like I've... I've <laughs> Once a quarter, I get like a $3 check from Spotify. And it makes me upset. Like I, I just go... I have to, I have to put like when I do my taxes, like I have to like, this has to be on there, right? And I'm just like, I'd rather you just not pay me. I'd rather just be like, I'd rather it just be free completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, and and look, I'm not complaining. Like I don't get like any, not anymore by any means, but you know, I'm not getting like Drake streams. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not getting Taylor Swift streams, but still, even for those types of artists they're the ones that are making okay money but could you imagine if back in the day before there was streaming services before let's go back before napster all of this shit if you sold a million records a million physical copies of your shit and you got eight grand right you'd quit yeah what the fuck would be the point right right forget about making money off uh, on tour and you know merchandise i'll forget it forget it i'm just saying You've worked on a product, you've put it out, you've sold it, it's your product, albeit through a record label, and they own an astronomical percentage of it anyway. But you sold a million copies, which is impossible to do, right? It's still, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a number that you try to achieve because it's still difficult to do. You sell all those copies and you get eight grand. Right. Like, think about it, though, because <laughs> yeah, I, I know. The million, of the million people that just bought your music, take all of their salaries, combine them. How much more would that be than the 8000 right. that you just made right. from selling? It's, dude, it's, I don't, and when I even said this to you, I go, when I saw that, I go, well, he didn't lose me as a fan, but I don't like Spotify. Never have, never will. And look, they've they've gone through lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit for music writers for publishers companies you know they've been sued out the, their asses for multiple reasons i always bring it back to all right that's fine you're you're a, you're a you're a management company and you don't feel that the artists underneath your wing are getting the licensing that they deserve i get that you're still not looking out for the, for the artist because the artist at the end of the day is the one getting fucked right. by those terrible terrible numbers 0. 0.006 per stream. What? Right. So I found this out the hard way too. The last record that I released. And you know, it, shame on me for not reading the fine print. Even though I've done it before, I think at this point I was just like whatever. Let's just, you know. And you've heard some of the stories of the last sort of deal. I'm using air quotes for those listening. Deal I was under. Right. So I was just at this point, I was like, yeah, let's get it out. I, I love the material. I just want to get it out. I don't care about the semantics. I love the music. I want people to hear it, plain and simple. I am so done with like 
the politics of it and the arguing and the bickering and the fucking negotiations and all that shit. I have, a, I have like at this point, I have a job. I'm making money. I have a, a home. I got a lady. I got dogs. The rent's paid. I get everything I want. I don't care. I want the music out so people can hear it. Right. This is not my, it's not my bread and butter. It's not, it's not putting food on the table. I just want people to hear it. And then if it puts food on the table, awesome, whatever. So one day, and it might've been like an off day I had from work for a, a strange reason, because I was doing an odd bit of just sort of internet searching and stuff. And I get a text message from someone in the band and they go, Hey, what site is this? And it's a link to a site and I click on it and it takes me to a homepage or a, a landing page of our, our record, our EP that we just released being sold by a third party vendor. And I was like, um, I don't know who that is. And they're selling our music, not download, not for downloads. They're selling it. Right. right? Uh-huh. 99 cents a song. So, and again, this is my stupid fault because I've, I know better, but I respond, I go, I don't know, I don't know who the fuck that is. Let's find out. So we're doing our research. We're trying to find a contact number. Finally, we get an email. So we email the email. The person who responded was very nice and they explained that. Long story short, you released your music through Spotify. It just went up on Spotify. Spotify has a deal with us that if we put together playlists for Spotify, with your music and other said artists' musics, we're allowed to sell it. And now I'm not saying that correctly as it was phrased in the email because it's been two years now and I don't remember exactly. But so, so, how so essentially, that- in the fine print in Spotify, they have they reserve the right to give online music stores your material to sell if all of the credit goes to Spotify. Meaning we got the music through Spotify, right. not the artist through right. Spotify. Right. And we still get our point zero zero six per stream. But here's the thing. That online music store only gets a very small percentage of the sales. Okay. And now that I'm saying this, I'm an even bigger idiot than I thought before because there are sales happening right now. I don't know where the fucking money goes anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> even on even on iTunes. I don't even know where the fucking money goes. So whatever. Who cares? If people are listening to it, great. If you're out there and you've heard it, I hope you like it. <laughs> I have no idea anymore. I really don't. Holy shit. The other thing is too, so they were that we found three of these online sort of stores, right? And they and that's what they are. The the lady was very honest. She was like, Yeah, I don't have a store. This is my store. It's online. I don't have a physical a brick and mortar store. Like this is it. Right. And so I was, because she was so nice, I was like, I'm just going to open up a dialogue with this lady and see, see what information I can get out of her. And again, she was very receptive to my questions. And I was just sort of like, so did you ever have a brick and mortar store? And now this is what you're doing because of streaming. And she goes, yeah, we used to, it was in, uh, Indiana, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Indiana, Indianapolis. And um, she goes, yeah, we used to back in the day and then slowly it faded out, but we we started working with such, such and such company and then they said we could get involved with the digital streaming and we could make a certain percentage. And I go, no, if I'm, if I'm stepping out of bounds, tell me, but I go, is this how you make a living? She goes, absolutely not. Right. It takes so much money, there's no way I could. And I was like, well, let me ask this. Are you selling like, 
if the Red Hot Chili Peppers brought an out al- brought out an album tomorrow, would you sell it? And she goes, no. And I go, so just the little guy? That's what you're telling me? Just just got like bands like mine? She goes, well, that's the sort of deal that we worked out with Spotify. It's easier for them. And I'm like, man. So then we go back to the fine print and Spotify and we read it and we're like, there it is. I mean, it's there. But no why, one reads it. But why? No one reads it. Why the little guy? Like why? Why is it more beneficial for? Because, I mean, this is not to take offense to, but I mean, you're not going to get as many streams as like a Red Hot Chili Peppers putting out an album. You're right, but think of how many playlists the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to be on. How many playlists are my band going to be on? So when you do, do you use Spotify? No. So when you use Spotify, you get recommendations just like you do on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So everyone's recommending the Chili Peppers, right? They're on a million playlists. A band like mine's not going to be. So there's an incentive to put us in a recommendation category similar to a Chili Peppers. So where that stream comes up when people say, I want music like said music. So then we come up. So it's a, it, it's the way that it's phrased too is a unique stream. Hmm. So people aren't searching for my band's name. They're just waiting for that unique stream to come up. Gotcha. Through that unique stream, that company gets money and Spotify gets more money. And then we get the same amount. That's nuts. So what? what now, a- this could have changed. This, could, this was 2018. This could have changed by now. They've been sued so many times in between then and now. And, and look, if anyone's listening to this and I'm wrong about this, please find me and let's have a conversation about it because I'd love to know where the fucking money's going. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the other streaming services like uh, like Apple, iTunes and stuff like that? Is it the same scenario? It is. The last time I looked, the one that pays the best is Apple Music. It doesn't pay well. It pays the best out of them. But again, this has probably been... I don't know, probably been a year and a half since I looked that up. But yeah, I mean, they, they all pay like shit. It's, 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 a, it's a fucking joke, man. Right. And, and it's no wonder, like I said, when I brought up to you, when Steven Tyler went on Joe Rogan, he was talking about the modern music act or something like that. It was called MMA, but it was a, found, it was a group that was started because a bunch of artists started finding out that they're not, they're not making the money they're supposed to be making. Uh, Smokey Robinson was one of the, one of the artists at the forefront of this this thing. Okay. Smokey Robinson was suing Spotify for a specific amount of money. He's like, I've had essentially nerds go look this up. They've looked up the algorithms. They've looked up how many times my songs have played. You owe me this much money. And Spotify wasn't paying it, and they weren't going to pay it. So Steven Tyler got behind that whole thing, and I don't know what's come of it. I actually tried to look it up today. Um, I tried to look it up today and I couldn't, I couldn't find well, it. Well, that, that's the other thing. Like are with Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, anybody, are you able to see the analytics? Are you able to see how many downloads you got in a certain amount of time? And is it possible that that streaming service can fudge that? They inflate the numbers completely. Um, Tidal got in trouble for that, for inflating the numbers. I know Spotify does. Um, I heard that Pandora does. I don't know enough about Pandora. Apple Music, I heard there were lawsuits about, yeah, they, they, they can inflate the numbers, but it does, again, even if they inflate the numbers, it does not benefit the artist, right? right? So if I'm an artist and I have 
if I had an actual 1 million streams on Spotify, but they inflated to a million five, it doesn't help me. Right. At the end of the day, it does not benefit me. It just, it's a, I've never been behind it, man. I'm, I'm still, maybe I'm an old fuck, but I still buy, I mean, albeit I haven't bought a CD in a long time now. I, I used to be really proud to say that I still buy CDs, man. I'm fucking cool. <laughs> but I haven't bought a CD in a long time. I still buy full albums, put them on my phone. I love that I can purchase music still and have it readily available. I don't have to search for it. I don't have to stream it. I don't have to do anything. It's not a part of some goober's playlist. Spotify is not getting the money. The money's going to the artist. Right. Well, see, as long as I know. But again, my I have music being sold on iTunes right now. I don't know where the fuck the money's going. So my mindset was actually the opposite. So you're saying that they inflate numbers, and it makes a little more sense when you say it that way. But I was thinking the opposite to where if, say, you got a million streams and uh, th there's a certain price tag that it's attached to those million streams. So yeah. I'm wonder I was wondering if, like, so can Spotify say you actually, if, if you are shown analytics, can they say that you got less streams than that so they can pay you less? Yeah, how the fuck would you know? That's what, you know I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you say yeah. you get a $3 check every couple of months. How do you know you shouldn't be getting more? How do you know you shouldn't be getting $5? <laughs> Dude, it's all a racket. It's right. a racket. The music industry is a corrupt business and digital streaming has made it more corrupt. Now, I still like it because music is available to everyone. You can get whatever you want, whenever you want it. And I think that's great. However, people still should get paid for the work that they do. Now, what, do you, what they should get paid, I don't know. I don't have a number, but. What about big name bands? Do you think that with you know lawyers being involved and stuff like that, that they're more apt to get the right numbers and get the right payment? Or like, do you think they're they dug in a lot farther to make sure that the band is getting what they deserve? Well, look, I do know this. If you want to get paid by any, any digital streaming service, own all of the rights to your music. If a record label owns the rights to your music, you're not getting paid anything. Right. You're not getting paid shit. Unless you're Drake, unless you're Taylor Swift because the numbers are so huge. So any project that I've been in, we own with the exception of the last one, what I'm kind of finding out, but any project that I've been, anything we put out, we own the rights to that. So any purchase, any download, any, any stream that money goes to us. Right now, if we had gone through a record label and that was put out through a record label, it would be a totally different story. Right. Um, so if they're, you know, someone who said that best, actually, and it's kind of funny, going back to Joe Rogan, of course. Right. When, when Everlast was on Joe Rogan, one of the times, he talked, they were talking about Spotify, and I think it was, I think he actually had him on shortly after Steven Tyler was on, and, um, you know, they were talking about Spotify, and Everlast was talking about the money he still makes off of the hits jump, in this case, and he was like, he basically laid it down like that. He goes, now look, I'm not getting rich off Spotify, but I'm getting all the money from Spotify because we have the rights. I have the rights to my music. A record label's never had control of that. So even though it's not a lot, I'm not pulling in Drake numbers, right? I'm still getting the money. Okay, for, so for somebody who doesn't know the, the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff when it comes to this, what are the... 
in your opinion, what are the advantages to going through a record label? Is that because they can put you out to more spot, more places? And what are the disadvantages besides, you know, the fact that they own your music? It's so the advantages now versus we're in 2020 versus 25 years ago mm-hmm. is the marketing and promotion behind your music. Gotcha. Uh, it's still going to be at a level that even if you're the best DIY independent, even if you've got social media wrapped around your little finger, it's going to be very hard to duplicate what a record label could do with all of their resources with the marketing and the promoting of the, the material and probably the merchandising as well. But they also take a cut of your merchandise. So if you're independent, at least you have total control over your merchandise. Gotcha. That's the biggest thing. Now, I don't know it. You know, I've never been successful on a record label. I've had very limited experience with it. But I've heard from friends who have been on record labels and then plenty of, you know, uh, highly successful artists say that right now, the only benefit is the marketing and the promotion. That's really it. And the distribution. The distribution is key too. So they're going to put your music out everywhere you know, on all platforms, all levels. Whereas if you're sort of DIY and independent, you have some limitations there. So marketing, promotion, and distribution. But even with the distribution now, because there are so many streaming services and because it is so easy to get music now, even the distribution is sort of, it's it's better, but from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading and from what I've been told, again, by people who have been far more successful than me and have done way more than me, it's very limited still now. Uh, and this is just five years ago, even. Uh, it was far better to be distributed by a record label than it is now. So I would say those things. Other than that, I mean, off album sales and, you know, if you can put together a package where you get paid well for touring, and that's why so many bands, you know, look at a band like Papa Roach. All they do is tour, tour, right. tour, tour, festival, festival. Fe- I mean, that's how they make their money, which, fuck, sign me up. I'd rather just play shows than deal with all the other bullshit. You know, I'd much rather get paid to play. Like, it's almost like you're getting paid based on merit. You're going up on stage and you're entertaining a crowd and the reaction is there and the immediate result is there. Pay me for that rather than you told us the record was going to be good, Johnny. But guess what, Johnny? It's not so great. We don't think we're going to sell this many copies. So we're going to limit the distribution and we're not going to promote it as well. And forget about MTV and radio stations and all this bullshit. You know, put me out on the road. Let me play. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't really work like that. It does for a veteran band like Papa Roach. They've they've amassed so many hits and done so much in the business that now all they need to do is play live shows. Man, I would love to do that. I'm envious of that. I think that's that's now when I started playing music, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play, you know, it wasn't about the business and in, in numbers and politics and sales and all this shit. So I think when I, I think their original conversation was about Joe Rogan going to Spotify. <laughs> if you don't get the money up front, I don't see the benefit, but he did. So he's, he's doing just fine. Gotcha. So let me ask you one more question before we move off of this topic. So I was actually told at one point by actually an ex band member that you had, um, that when it comes to yeah, ex band member of mine. Yeah. Uh, th- th- when it comes to like getting a record deal, 
I don't know if people know what the behind the scenes of getting a record deal looks like. And what I was told, and whether it's true or not, I, I don't know. I take it with a grain of salt. I'm just curious that, you know, when you, when a band gets a record deal, it's not just... Can I, can I just stop you real quick? Yes. You know what's going on in my head right now? No. I'm wondering if this person told me this information too, but continue. Okay. In, anyway, so I mean, you let's have, there's a story that you're, there's something that you, maybe let's find out. All right. Okay. All, all, all I was going to say was that I've been told that it's when you get a record deal, it's not about, it's not just a matter of a record company says, here's all the money to do whatever you need to do and we'll distribute and all that kind of stuff. It's basically like a home mortgage that basically when you sign with a record deal, they give you the money but uh, to do everything that needs to be done, but they're expecting you to pay all that money back with your record sales, with your touring, with all that stuff. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, 100%. That's a very old school way. Okay. Um, I think now, I think it's a little bit different. They do different kinds of deals, and they're different names for them now and to be honest with you i don't know what they are anymore i know there was like a 360 deal where it wasn't necessarily like that but that is very i would say that that's well look when i started playing music and i had uh friends that got signed to a record label that essentially is what happened they were given an advance to do the record to do all the things necessary and then through touring through merchandise sales through album sales they paid back their debt and then started making money. But, you know, the record company was still taking their cut first, you know, which again, I've, I've had, I've had friends sign terrible, terrible record deals. I mean, just bad. And after they explained it to me, I was just like, Oh God, but look, they wanted to get out on the road. They wanted to, they wanted to, they wanted to do it. They wanted to be in a van 24 seven and go play music. So that's what they did. And look, I'll be honest. In that given time period, if I had been offered the same deal, I would have taken it too. I mean, I was striving for the same thing, essentially. And I would tour with those people who were doing the same things, except we were doing it all independently and paying out of pocket and eating a bean burrito every day and a half. That was the food we ate. And, you know, it was, that was the experience we lived in. It was fun. I don't, I don't regret any of that. However, if I had been put in the situation like they were and said, here's a shitty deal, you're basically going to sign your life away to me for six albums. Do you want to do it? I would have been like, yeah. How soon can we start recording and how soon can you put me on the road? Right. That, you know. So, no, that's very true. The whoever, Whomever the person was that told you that, they were, that's a very age-old tale of signing a record deal. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I... But I, it depends on the deal, too. Yeah. You know. Right. So... I understand there's all kinds of different scenarios. There's all kinds of different ways that it can happen. But what is another, in your personal opinion, for, a, say, a local band or a small-time band who's doing opening, you know, opening up shows for bigger-name bands and stuff like that, what is the best route to take to try to get discovered to go on the road? I mean, does, does is it common for, say, a... Okay, say a, a big name band comes through St. Louis and a local band opens up for them. That big band thinks that they're incredible and wants to take them on the road with them. Is that a common thing or is that very rare? Uh, that's rare. Okay. I think that's rare. Yes. I've seen it work. Um, and I know I know of a couple bands 
I know of a couple bands from the area where one band was semi-successful and they tried to basically do everything within their power to get another band that they were really good friends with the same sort of success. And for whatever reason, it didn't work. I've heard stories. I don't know what, I don't know what of the stories or which of the stories to be true. I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I would say, look, I would say that many years ago, you could do a lot with DIY. When, when bands started taking the DIY approach and really tried to be independent and the ones that did it well, and this is like right when, right before social media really blew up. So, and that, by that, I mean like my, things like MySpace. Mm -hmm. The bands that were doing that well, I feel like they put together a package and then worked the social media aspect into it. But the thing that separated them from everyone else is they had, like I said, that package, meaning a lot, they were really good live. They had a really good sound. They had music that was easy for people to listen to. So they weren't being, um, you know, one of these sort of off the wall bands that only a few people would get. It was very poppy. It was, you know, going to a, a hot topic or going to the mall and listen to the music. And then they had an image, right? All of the, and, and the, I'm not talking about a specific kind of music. This could be anything. This could be emo. This could be rap. This could be butt rock. This could be metal, right? All of those genres had bands that did that, the sort of DIY approach. And they got really popular because all of those things combined into one. It was just, it was too, it was too difficult to deny, right? You just, it, you just knew that it was going to work. Right. I think, 20, 25 years ago, that was perfect. Now, who knows, man? I mean, I don't, I've never I've never been one to run the social media game or the YouTube game. I've never been a part of it. And I I've, I've know that it's been important and I've utilized it to the maximum of my capabilities in any project that I've been in. But I, to be honest, I don't fucking, for a band, I have no idea now. I would well, say, go out, look, I would say at the end of the day, Tour, 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 play in front of as many people as you can in as many different cities as you can, have plenty of stuff to sell, and have your social media presence just be on point. Right. Meaning when you go into a new city, and that's the other thing. When I when I went out of town to play a show, I didn't have social media. Right. It was word of mouth. Right. You you saw us play, perhaps you liked us, you bought a CD, you bought a shirt, you told your friends. Right? Right. That was it. Which is a very, if you think about it now, that's a very fucking risky thing to even like think about that. Well, my lifeblood is this. I gotta, I gotta depend on people talking about me. If they don't, I'm fucked. Right. Right. So for 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 the bands now, I think it, the the models to the same tour. Go out on the road, play as many shows as you can, in front of as many different people, in as many different cities. But when you go to those cities, have a presence. By that I mean. When you're there, don't be the band that hovers in the corner on their phones and doesn't interact. Interact with people. Um, take pictures for social media. Have people tagging you, adding you, doing Instagram lives, like all of those things. That's how you spread the word now. It just is. Right. Uh, well, that's the interesting thing about social media is that from the outside looking in, you would think, well, it's so much easier these days to spread the word about your band because there is social media. 
but that's also the problem because there it's so easy. There's so many bands using social media to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I always, I don't remember who I was talking. I was recent, but I was talking to someone about this and look, their bands are a dime a dozen. They always have been in any city you go to. Everyone wants to be in a band. Everyone wants to be a rock star. Everyone wants to bang chicks and party. It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. The social media aspect of it now, the way that I think about it, when I when I was a teenager, we used to we used to go to shows and hand out flyers after every show. Now, when I say we, I don't mean we, meaning myself and band members. I mean every band in the city. Yeah. We would always show up to Pops, Creepy Crawl galaxy mississippi nights hand out shit hand out shit hand out shit now listen people didn't throw that shit on the ground at first because it was their only means to finding out about new shit right you didn't have social media you didn't have the internet necessarily where you could you know just do a google search of who are the most popular bands in my city you could do that right now you'll get a good search so that was our that was our social media was going to public places and handing out either show flyers demo cds we would, I mean, we walked around, I was in a band, we put out a demo, we put out an EP and we walked around with a boom box playing it out loud, right? And just handing out flyers of where we'll be next. Right. That was, that was how you hustled. I mean, that was, that's how you, that was your social media. So I, I wouldn't say in a way now it's easier for bands, but it can't hurt to have social media now, you know? Even so, though there are dime dozen, even though it's so saturated, right? It's still an advantage, in my opinion. So it just takes work ethic. So you say that you kind of still have the upper hand if you do the independent route. You know, you don't do the record company route. So I mean, well, the to- the topic I wanted to bring out of that was there's a lot of St. Louis bands, low local bands in St. Louis that. Uh, are doing the doing things on their own. Bands going in, they're paying an engineer out of St. Louis to to record on their own, to put music out on their own, and everything like that. Yeah. Do you think that's the best route right now? the The easiest route to go right now? Well, I mean, as far as recording. Well, okay, so that I guess that's another aspect that I didn't think about. Like, if you if you sign, which I guess. Like, well, I don't, like, 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 how does the recording process work if you're signed with a label? Do, do they choose who you record with? You still choose how you record with, or does that depend on the depends. the record or the uh, contract you sign? I don't think it has necessarily to do with the contract, but if they, if they have record labels have like groups of producers or a few producers that they like to work with. Okay. So it's, it's, you're going to go to this person, you don't have a choice, or they'll say, who, who are your top few choices so the idea of recording with someone in your own city that's like that's not a new concept i think that's still a good thing to do again i've known bands who have signed a record deal and they were actually able to go all right who's in our price range do you have a list of who's in our price range here's who we want that type of deal now again just because you choose that person it doesn't mean it's going to work right um but again those people are especially if you're on a label those people are professionals. Their name is getting on their their name is going on the product as well. They're not gonna sabotage it and put out a shit record. But it's not as easy as I live in St. Louis. I gotta record a CD. I know there are X 
XYZ people that I could go work with. I know it's affordable. I know it's going to sound great. My whole goal is to get the music out there. Why would I go spend 10 G's out of town with someone? There, But there was a time if you put a name on your shit, it meant something. Yeah. That, that, was, that was on your resume. You could say that when you were shopping your stuff to record labels. You could say, well, we recorded with such and such. You also recorded way bigger bands than us. You know what I mean? Um, it shows a work ethic and it shows that you have the ability to network and sort of communicate at the, at the level that you need to when you're a assigned professional working band. Right. But again, does any of it matter? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on this. It's a case by case thing. It really is. There are, there are a couple of bands in St. Louis who have had record deals that uh, I, you know, the stories that I've heard, they got signed because of their hard work. It, it had nothing to do with politics or who recorded them or, um, well, look, it had, it had a lot to do with hard work and right place, right time. There, the music industry, it's a lot of luck too. There's no way around it. Fuck talent. People can say all they want about, yeah, if you're talented, you're going to, no, believe me. There are 10 million talented people sitting at home right now doing shit right it wasn't because of the talent believe me it's right place right time and work ethic and i think those two things combined so luck and work ethic forget about talent and look i'm not talking shit here but look you've seen people who you don't who are widely considered to be not talented have major major careers in the music industry right how do you explain that what do you explain well do they work hard Maybe. Are they lucky? 100%. <laughs> right? Yeah. If they don't work hard and they're lucky and they don't have talent, then I go back to what I said, man. Music should be, the way that you should approach music is this. There's no such thing as bad music. It, it, it sounds corny and it sounds generic, but look, there really can't be because, you know, I think on the last episode, yeah, it was a lot. You asked me about Nelly and is it easy to do, which still is an odd question. I've thought about it in my head so many times. <laughs> is it easy to do what Nelly did vocally or whatever it was? And I was like, no, that's not easy. And then I said, well, if if you consider what Nelly does to be easy, then what Billie Eilish does is easy. All right. She's, again, one of the biggest stars in the world right now. She probably works hard. Sure, she has some talent, but there's so many other things rolled into that that right. it just makes it work, you know? Yeah. Not everybody, if it, I kind of equate it to like being a baseball player. It's not supposed to be easy. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it, you know? Yeah. That's actually a line from a movie. Who said that? Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the way, his best role, period. Don't argue with me on it. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give it to you. Do you even, have you seen that fucking movie? It's been a very long time, but yes, I have. Okay, good. My wife um, actually likes that movie a lot, too. It's a fucking great movie. So, yeah, yeah. I, if it were easy, everyone would do, be doing it. It's just, it's, it's not that easy. I think you, you can, I think we're going in circles here, but again, you can have talent. That's fine. Talent plus hard work plus luck 
plus the desire to put all of those things together in like a, a packed punch is what really helps you. And again, I've, I haven't so much experienced that for myself, but I've seen it work for other people, you know? Right. Um, I've seen, I've seen people around me achieve quite a bit through, through that. So, and not just, you know, guys in band, I'm not, I'm not talking about just bands. I'm talking about songwriters, producers, engineers, you know, it, you know, so it, it doesn't just apply to being in a band and making it in a band. I'm saying all of these things, you, that's, that's kind of what it is. So my eardrums hurt from <laughs> listening to myself babble about this bullshit. Well, to bring this all the way back around to where we started, which was us talking about... Where did my Joe, money go? No, Well, there, there was that. Oh. But talking about Joe Rogan signing with Spotify, I mean, $100 million is a lot of freaking money. And We don't even know if it's that. I think it's one to $200 million. So do you think that this would be considered selling out in the podcast game? How did I know you were going to say that when you... I, I, I'm not saying that I that I believe that. I'm asking that as a legit question because people might nope. look at it that way. I'm just curious. I think it's an extension of revolutionizing the podcast game, like he's already done. That's what I think. Revolutionizing and, how? Like this is the route to go to to you know to sign, or not? I guess sign solely with a certain streaming service to make that money. No, meaning you're getting up upfront money to do to have a control free show you know you control the content you're getting money up front to do what you do i think in in small doses you've had that in some instances with other sort of outlets yeah but nothing like this so you're you saying know, you're saying outside of the sponsorship game you know like the, is people yeah. who listen to podcasts know a, a major most source revenue for a podcast is going to be sponsors where they're going to pay you a certain amount of money per downloads that you get and things like that. But so you're saying revelation revolutionizing in the fact that this is money up front versus this is money per episode kind of a thing, right? Well, I look at, I look at it this way. He got, he got the money up front, which to me, sort of has now incentivized his show in a way that it has become his job. Now, the way that he's always spun it prior to this is it's a, something I like to do. And I'm Joe Rogan and the show's blown up. So I have these sponsors and it's, it's all, you know, I feel like he lives in a bubble. The bubble has burst. That contract burst that bubble. Forget about the bubble because he got the money up front. He doesn't have to live in a bubble anymore. Right. Because he still has control of the content and he has this upfront money. He can talk about whatever he wants now and not have to worry about being out of touch or worrying about what sponsors are paying or worrying about what sponsors are thinking about what he's saying. Not to say that they ever were. Right. But there still is that thing. He has this. He has the sponsors he has for a reason. Right. You know, he's not sponsored by um, Bud Light for a reason he's not sponsored by a hostess for a reason right right um so he has burst that bubble that people said that he he lives within but almost in like a reverse way he kind of like blew up that bubble and created a bigger bubble it's like the the inner bubble popped and 
like the bubble now formed around him even bigger because he got that money up front, which no one, it, there, the money up front means to me that, all right, all bets are off. I could do whatever I wanted before, but again, the, 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 the image that he portrayed or the perception was, is that I'm not really depending on this to make a living. Did he, did he ever, I mean, honestly, you, you watch, you listen. Did you ever get the feeling like he was depending on his podcast for a living? Well, for, for one thing, he's told us a thousand times that he made fuck you money on fear factor that he can pretty much live with for the rest, live on for the rest of his life. That aside, that aside. But no, no, he never, he never puts it out there. And he, to me, he is the, the example for somebody who is doing something that they just love to do. Talking, just talking to people about things that interest him is something he loves to do. Now he's making a hundred million dollars to do it. I mean, that, that is the, that's what everybody wants. They want to be whatever, whatever is going on in their life. They want to be able to make money doing exactly what they want to do. Most people don't get that opportunity. He is. And also the fact that he's made his life exactly what he wants. I mean, UFC in the podcast is basically what he wants to do that in, in comedy. I mean, those are the three things that he loves doing, and he's made his life that. And he's making ungodly amounts of money doing all three of those things. Yeah. I think now he doesn't have to depend on the the sponsorship game, as we'll call it, to to make that money off the podcast. Now he has guaranteed money, just like he has guaranteed money when he goes out on the road to do stand-up. Mm-hmm. Just like he has guaranteed money. It's just one more thing he's sort of made guaranteed um, or made as a guarantor, a guaranteed source of income. Um, it's crazy, man. Like I said, I, I think he's revolutionized it even more than he already has. Um, so, no, I don't think it's selling out at all. I've never been behind the whole selling out thing anyway. I mean, do you say you think we see a lot of other podcasts, bigger name podcasts, do the same thing here before long? because no, they're. I don't think, well, look, it depends. I don't think we see a podcast like his do it. There are are already podcasts on Spotify. Solely Spotify? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, um, it, it, if there is, it won't be a podcast. I don't, I, I don't think like all of those dudes, that close circle of people he has around him, I don't think any of those podcasts move to that network. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, but I think all of those podcasts do well. For, they do well anyway. I don't think they need to necessarily. Now, no, do they want a hundred million dollars? I'm sure, but I mean, I mean, you could have said the same thing for Rogan, though. Yeah, hundred million dollars up front, dude. That's <laughs> dude. There's no way to guarantee that through sponsorships, right? Like, right. You can Google that. He's not making a hundred million dollars off of his podcast. How many years was the deal worth? For Spotify? I don't know. I didn't see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... That's fuck you money. Yes. Absolutely. I don't think Fear Factor gave him that much money. I, da- I doubt it, but... Yeah. No, that that is fuck you money. Yes. And and he gets to keep, like he, like he said, creative control, so he doesn't have to worry about people trying to step in and change the show. It is a little bit weird that the videos are going to go there. Um, I've never. Wait, what? I, again, 
th- this is new information to me. Is he not doing YouTube anymore at all? How does no. Spotify how does Spotify play videos? YouTube clips will go up, but the full show, no. Oh, he's not doing the he's not recording the full show at all. Not on YouTube. Spotify. So hmm. I wonder I wonder what Jamie's situation is. Ballin. Well, I know, but I mean, what's what's the point in him recording entire shows just to have a couple, a few clips go up from each episode, versus recording the whole thing for YouTube? I, mean, I know he's, he's got to. I know he's got to do the audio and stuff, but he's got to record the whole video for Spotify. I thought you said they were just putting clips up, though. Just clips will go on YouTube. Oh, okay. I had it reversed. But okay, the, I see the what you're video. The video as a life force will live on Spotify now. Gotcha. Okay. If you want the full video, the only place you're going to be able to get it is Spotify. Gotcha. And okay. you best believe if anyone takes the full video and puts it on YouTube, they're going to get fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good for him, man. I, it's, again, I have, I have my issues with Spotify, um, but I am a Joe Rogan fan. So, you know, I'm certainly not mad at him. Why would I be? He doesn't fucking know who I am. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's selling out. I think that's good. I think it only creates more opportunities for, you know, uh, other people to go do something different than what they're doing now. There are a lot of podcasts out there, man. You know, um, a lot. That's <laughs> on. Yeah, that's not a bad thing, man. I, you know, it's like I said earlier, like bands are dime a dozen, but it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that those bands are bad. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, so it's like, so what? What does it matter? I, I guess. I, yeah, I guess the, when you compare it to bands, the only thing is, is like, you know, there's a lot of bands out there. There's a lot of podcasts out there. But if you have a lot of bands that sound alike, you're probably only going to pick a few and listen to those. Versus in just like podcasts, if you have a lot of p- podcasts that talk about the same things all the time, you're probably going to pick and choose your podcast you want to listen to. You know, d- does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah. No, it, it does. One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny you said that. So I was actually talking. I got a buddy that lives in Phoenix. Um, good buddy of mine. He's been all over the place. He was in Brooklyn, just moved to Phoenix recently. But when he was here in St. Louis, he was doing radio. Um, and <laughs> so we were talking about we were talking about baseball. He's a big Cardinals fan, regardless if he doesn't live here and. We're talking about baseball and when we're going to see baseball again and this and that. And um, One way or another, we were talking about how I used to be on a sports talk radio, uh, a sports talk radio show. And one of my biggest issues with being on that show was that we were we were on in the evening at 7 p.m. So station's been going all day, however many shows. In a city like St. Louis during the summer. What do you think every show talked about during the summer in St. Louis? What happens, what sport happens in the summer in St. Louis? 
Baseball. The motherfucking Cardinals. Okay. Every show. Yeah. Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny fucked up again. Mike Matheny. By the time it got to our show, I'd be like, hey, guys, can we talk about something else? Anything. (laughs) Anything else. A, it's June. I don't give a fuck about baseball in June. It's fucking June. They play 162 games in a year. Right. Why the fuck do I care in June? Right. So we're going to over overly analyze what Mike Matheny did in June during a game. Cool. He <laughs> lost the game to the Cubs in June. What a travesty. So like, I would always be like, can we, can we talk about something else? Can we talk? No, we got to do that. We got, I'm just like, I can't, this is, and he always jokes with me. He was just like, <laughs> it's just like, I imagine how much he would have to talk about now during a lockdown. If you were still on that show, because there's no baseball. Like, well, you're making me sad, but yeah, good point. Like, thank you, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Plenty to talk about other than baseball. Yeah, I mean, no I mean, you know, you can compare a podcast to a radio show, but, you know, going back to like the Rogan thing, he has creative control on what he has to say. You know, that's what to me would suck about being on a radio show is that you don't have creative control over the things you talk about, really. Yeah, it's more about. Did. But we did, though. You did. It, it was just a yeah. It was just a. I mean, to an extent, to an extent, yes. We didn't have to talk about the Cardinals. We'd have to mention them, right? Right. But, uh, dude, we used to talk MMA. People get so mad. We'd have callers calling. I don't understand this shit. Doesn't make sense. And you, blah blah blah. And I'd be like, Well, sir, have you ever been punched in the face? No, and I don't intend to. And I'm like, well, then you don't understand MMA. Next caller. Like, like, (laughs) I'll I'll respect it when they go to another country. And I'd be like, well, sir, they've been in like, you know, 25 different countries so far. Well, have they been to China? And I'm like, "Uh, no, but they're planning on it at the end of the year. Well, when they get to China, then I'll have respect for them. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but that's fine. Whatever. I fucking, dude, I fucking hated it. I hated it so much. Mike Matheny. Let me tell you what's wrong with Mike Matheny. He didn't coach professional baseball before the Cardinals, and that's his problem. All right, cool. So what would you do differently? I don't know, but Mike Matheny's the problem. What should he do? I don't know, but he's the problem. I hate your guts. (laughs) Also, the fact that somebody has to start somewhere, right? I mean, how do you, how do you get to a professional organization if you, I mean, at some point you weren't in a professional organization before you got to the professional organization. I mean, he did go from little league to coaching the Cardinals, managing the Cardinals. I I get it. Kind of unheard of. That's kind of unheard of. That's a little bit crazy. But okay. I mean, he was a gold. He was a Gold Glove winning catcher for the Cardinals. So it made a little bit, little bit of sense, despite his lack of professional managerial experience. <laughs> you know, he was a he was a successful, again, listeners, air quotes, successful player defensively. Guy hit into more double plays than any player I've ever seen. Anyway, um, so it made sense. But yeah. still, you hate their guts. <laughs> it just, you know, I was like, God, I can't, I can't talk about baseball anymore it's like ugh, whatever what would you do now like what he was saying like what what would you talk about now well 
if I were on it, well, I mean, if I were on that show, it'd, it'd have to be MMA, obviously, because it's the only thing going on. The NFL, because they're still sort of, they had the draft, you know, sort of business is going as usual there. I don't know. I'm sure we'd bitch about the Rams being gone some more and how we hate Stan Kroenke. I also hated that. I would just be, I would mute my mic. If that, <laughs> if that's, if, swear to God, if that subject came up, mute. I'm just going to sit back. I fucking hate it. I still see to this day people who listen to that show tweeting about Stan Kroenke. Get over it. Move on. They're gone. They're not coming back. They shouldn't have been here in the first place. You didn't go to games. You didn't support the team. You right. didn't. You didn't. The numbers say so. We didn't support the team as a city. So stop crying. Holy shit. Move on. <laughs> it's like when the Battlehawks played and they had those Stan Kroenke dolls. I, I, I wanted to go down there and be like, hey, assholes. New team. New league. <laughs> Nothing to do with Stan Kroenke. <laughs> Get over it. Spe- speaking of that, did you see the article that I messaged you last night about? Uh, well, I didn't, don't think I sent you the article, but it looks like Vince McMahon might be trying to buy the XFL out of bankruptcy. Okay, here's the thing. Didn't he own it before? Yes. So what? What does that mean? He's going to buy it out of. So how do they? If he, if he, am I thinking about this the wrong way? So if he owned it. How do they go bankrupt? And how does he? If he has the money to buy it out, then just buy it out. Well, I mean, did they? Did they have the money? Why did you let it go? I guess the smart way to do it was let them go bankrupt and then get it back at a better price. That's a possibility. I don't. I don't know. I mean, from from what I was, I've been told, and I don't know if it's for sure. And I think I've mentioned it on the show before was that the reason why he pulled out of the XFL was he was pulling the money out of the XFL to put it into the WWE because WWE hasn't been able to travel, have fans, all that kind of stuff. And that's what he wants to be most stable yeah. is WWE. So if that's the case, maybe he did pull the money out. And like you said, maybe he let it go bankrupt. Maybe XFL did file for bankruptcy. And then maybe now he swoops back in to buy it back for less than before. I don't know. If so, that's a power move. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of WWE, did you see that that wrestler died swimming? He was like swimming with his son. Yeah, I, I seen it, but I did. Um, I for I didn't recognize. I have no him. idea who the guy is. I don't know who the guy was, but yeah, from some of the stuff that I seen on Instagram was that he, I guess he, it was him and his son swimming, and apparently he had a tie. Yeah, there was a riptide or something, but he pushed his son to safety, or whoever was coming to try to save them, he got his son to safety versus himself. Oh, the kid didn't die. I don't think so. Oh, what a badass. I mean, double check Shad, it. Double check it for me, Shad but I'm pretty Gaspard. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who he was. I didn't recognize him. I don't know what if that was his actual in-ring name or not or what. So I, I feel bad because I'm not giving him his due credit. But Shad drowned in the ocean, but not before instructing lifeguards to save his 10-year-old son first. The L.A. County coroner has identified the body found on L.A.'s Venice Beach as Shad, was he on, uh, the body was first named by the city who called cops around 1.30 Wednesday. Uh, fucking TMZ. Suck. Hold on. <laughs> fucking. The body of former world wrestling entertainment star Shad Gasper. Who is that his actual name? Like, is that his wrestling name? Three days after he swept away by a reptile. 
39 and his son were swimming Sunday afternoon at Marina Beach in Venice when they were caught by a wave and pulled away from the shore by the riptide. Damn, dude, that's crazy. How many times have you been to the ocean? I've been to the Gulf. That's the only, the Gulf of Mexico. That's the only thing I've been to. The bitch, we Wednesday, along the shoreline, the matches is, oh man, that's fucking terrible. The best way I can describe it, it's like being inside a front loading washing machine. The waves keep crashing on you, pushing you down. I've been through that in those kind of rescues. You think you might die. That's a lifeguard it's, saying that? Yeah, so so apparently, oh God, the lifeguard faced the reality that he could not save both, particularly because Gaspar was six foot seven and weighed 270 pounds. Yeah, could you imagine so trying saved, to pull him out so of the water? The kid. Damn, dude, that is heavy shit, man. God damn. Again, now I'm forced to think about these things in different ways. If it were me, right, about to have a son, I'd be like, I'd, throw, I'd take him by his ankles and <laughs> just take him, take him, and I'm gonna die. <laughs> That's nuts. What do you think your boy Stephen A. Smith would say about that? I don't care. What do you, what he would have said. <laughs> he would have said. Now the lifeguards was too afraid to get COVID to save the child. You know. Dude, that's so Remember ridiculous. That? That's so ridiculous. That's <laughs> yeah, Tony and so, Justin. So, sort of a callback. Tony and Justin wouldn't wrestle because they were afraid to get COVID. Even though they were this close to each other, bleeding on each other. Right. It's a fucking idiot. Why did they let that dude talk about MMA? I don't know. Did you see the um, recent interview that Justin Gage did? I, I can't name where it was, who it was with, but he was basically talking about the difference between Khabib and Connor, and he st- and he straight up said that he's not interested in Connor. He wants the belt, and he and he said. If I, he's like, I have the choice right now if I want to fight Khabib or if I want to fight Connor. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he says. And he said, I don't, I honestly don't want Connor right now. He's like, I want Khabib first. I want the title around my waist, and then I will look at my options. He doesn't want Connor until he gets that money off him. So you think, so, so, so you think if the money's right, even before Khabib, he takes it? Please, dude. But, but, even if he gets the money offer and he if he does fight Khabib, he does win the title. That's now, what I was just gonna say. It's worth more money if he has the actual title. Right. And I think Connor knows that. As much as he says he'll fight him, Connor knows that. And to be honest with you, Connor just needs to wait. Well, but but the Connor just needs to wait. But he needs to wait for those two to fight and then fight mm-hmm. the winner. He's got the fight. He does not need to fight anyone else. He doesn't. He does not, dude. I know what you're thinking. You're going to say, well, if he fights Tony Ferguson first, and then we might get the, the matchup. No, no. Tom does not have to do anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, should Connor be sitting in that position? You've heard. You've heard all of the people say that the matchup they want to see is Gaethje Connor because it would be fireworks. Right. And a lot of those people are saying that Connor will beat him. You've heard that. With that said, 
Everyone's taking notice. They know that's the fight to make, but it's a bigger fight if Justin Gaethje is the champion and Connor's trying to get the title from him. Okay, so what happens if that fight happens? Khabib beats Gaethje. Is Gaethje done? Is he gone? Out of out of the question now? Or and is Connor Khabib again? Yeah. So where's Tony in all this? He's gonna fight fucking <laughs> He just fell down the ladder because he lost to Gage. Yeah, yeah. Tony Tony yeah, yeah. Tony's not even in the conversation right now. Man. Not with those three. He's not fighting any of those three. He might fight Khabib if Khabib loses to Justin Gaethje. Sure, let's try a sixth time to make that work. But, eh. I mean, in your in your opinion, what do you do? You think so? Let's say Gaethje Khabib fight. Gaethje wins. Should Connor have to go back through Khabib to get to Gaethje? Or should he automatically get Gagey? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. You didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> he's he's fighting for the title regardless of who has it. For sure. It's happening. I'm telling you. That win over Cerrone is all he needed. That's it. He's fighting for the title. Where's worth... where he sitting in the rankings right now? He's three. He was ahead of He Gagey. is three? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's worth more right now to the title than he is with any other fight. Meaning you could book him against Ferguson. You could book him against the loser of the title fight. It's not worth as much as him fighting for the title. That's unless it's the third Nate fight. But I'll be honest. I don't want to see the third Nate fight more than I want to see him fight Justin Gaethje. I don't either. I, don't. I, I I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But so so you're, and let me let me why, let me let me why why is Gagey Connor worth more if Gagey has a title around his waist just because it's a possibility that Connor could have the title. So you yep. think you think worth more as in pay per view buys. Yep. Is even worth it's even worth more that way that way. Yep. Now. If we're talking pay-per-view buys, it's worth more if Khabib beats Gaethje and then Connor gets the next shot because that's the biggest selling pay-per-view of all time. So if they book that rematch, Khabib and Connor, we're talking major, major buys, major buys. And also, for right now, Connor doesn't look like he just did coke and was at the casino till four in the morning like Michael Jordan. Yeah, but. As you don't even give me this shit. As you, you, you are no, I oh, and I I, I get I get it I get it. But what I'm saying is agreed. is that just recently you even messaged me and you said so much for calm Connor. He went on a fucking tirade to, against on everybody on Twitter. It don't matter. Twitter, it doesn't but matter. Then that then that is old. That is old Connor right there. Nah, but then when Khabib's father went into the coma, Connor tweeted at him. It was very nice what he said. What. I understand that he's playing the game, but that's still stupid. But you don't think that's genuine? I mean, the dude's dad is probably going to die. You don't think what Connor said to him was genuine? You think it was just for show? Probably. He really meant it. You think so? You know. Yeah, dude. He doesn't gain anything by saying, hey, Kavio, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. I mean, like, doesn't doesn't help anything. What does it do? You really think he just did that for show? 
I'm not God, saying that he did. God, you're a Connor hater. <laughs> I'm not. Incredible. I'm not saying that he did, but I'm saying that how do you go from a tirade on somebody to oh, I'm sorry about your dad, and then he'll his dad and then, wasn't in the coma during the tirade. Why does that matter? I mean, dude. <laughs> listen, I if you as I off, said, I understand that Connor's playing the game and he knows how to play the game well, probably better than anybody else in the in the MMA world. I get it. But I'm just saying as a human, it's ridiculous to go on a tirade against somebody and then something happen, something bad happens to that person and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's not like he has his phone number to like give him a call and be like, sorry to hear about your dad. I mean, Twitter is his only way to do it. The tirade's for business purposes. The, the, I, I get the it. The sort of, yeah, I... I <laughs> I feel like we're gonna, we're gonna run circles around this topic. I feel like I don't understand why you're confused. I guess is my thing. There's no confusion. What I'm telling you is I understand why he why he's doing it. I'm saying that it's stupid that he is doing it. I'm saying he's doing it because of what you just said. The business yeah. side is separate from the personal side. Yes, he yeah. probably actually feels bad for Khabib because of his dad. I get it. However. The business side, when people see that, they aren't seeing this is this is just a business thing. He's just being an asshole because it's he's trying to sell a fight and he's being business. People look at that as he hates that guy. Now all of a sudden he's sending him a those message saying, I'm sorry about your dad. I'm no, those people can go eat a dick. Oh, they, they don't know Come on. It's clearly for business. Do you think he Look, the bottom line is this. You're telling me what I already know, and he, I'm telling you the sides that I take. He is fighting for the title. Okay. After Gaethje and Khabib fight, he is the next to fight for the title, period. Doesn't didn't, matter who wins. Didn't he want to fight in June? Forget about that. Does, he, not gonna, does he forget about who, that? Who is he going to fight in June? I don't know. He wanted to fight in June. If he fights Nate in June and he loses, you can't give him a title shot. What's worth more money? But did, but has it been said that it was going to be Nate? No, I'm just saying. If the, As far as I'm concerned, there's no one else for him to fight. As, far, as far as I'm concerned, he is in a Tony Ferguson situation right now. If he fights in June and he, lo and he loses, now but that's he... That's my point. Who would he fight in June? I, I Nate, that's it. There's one person. I, I get what you're saying. I'm just telling. I'm just saying that he has been. He has said multiple times that he wanted to fight in June because he wanted to do. He wanted two more fights this year. So who, he also said he wanted to fight Manny Pacquiao and Julio Cesar Chavez. So what the fuck does what he's saying matters? The bottom line is what really matters to the UFC and, and the business. The business says. The business model says. He clearly has earned the next shot. He's now back in the in the the eye of the public. People are waiting to see him fight. If we say, Connor, you get to face the winner of the lightweight championship, we got ourselves a fight. And look, the dollar signs are already there, regardless of who wins. There's already a narrative painted for a rematch with Khabib. We don't even need to talk about that. 
But with Gaethje, what Gaethje did to Ferguson and what all of MMA media and everyone's saying about him in counter fighting, that narrative has already been sort of written as well. So if he fights in June, there's only one person he can fight. It's Nate. If he loses to Nate, he can't fight for that title. And the UFC is losing money because then who does that person who wins that fight defend against? Between the, the winner between Connor and Nate? No. The winner of the lightweight title fight between Gaethje and Khabib. Who does the winner of that fight defend against if, if Connor, Connor were to lose to Nate in June? Who's sitting at five right now? Doesn't matter. Not worth shit. They gotta I, fight I know, Connor. That's I know, my point. But but that's my point. Who's sitting at five right now? I gotta look it up. So it's it's Khabib, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, Connor. Well, is Tony still sitting there? Well, I guess since he lost to Gagey, yeah, that Tony it, hasn't moved. He's still there. Tony hasn't moved. Uh, let's look it up. Talking all this shit. <laughs> Such a Connor hater. This has nothing to do with me hating anybody. All I'm trying to do bit. is lay out everything on the table for anybody who's okay. listening that is a UFC fan, a casual fan, or whatever. I'm just trying to lay out the groundwork for all this and to where we can see both sides of it. So I forgot about this. Dustin Poirier moved ahead of Connor in the rankings. Connor actually tweeted about it. So it's Khabib, Gaethje, Ferguson, Poirier, McGregor, Dan Hooker, Paul Felder, Charles Oliveira, which I'm telling you, fucking sleeper. He still needs, a, he still needs another fight or two under his, Kevin Lee moved up in the rankings somehow. He's number eight. How is that possible? Number, I have no idea. These fucking rankings. Iaquinta is number nine. Diego Herrera, number <laughs> 10. Gregor Gillespie moved up three spots to number 11. Oh, Cerrone dropped a lot. Which really That's sucks for a fight that he fucking uh, won. He, yeah, he won that fight. Uh, well, that fight wasn't at lightweight, but he still moved down. Oh, that's the true. What is that? How it works? Does I, does I losing mean, losing a fight in a weight class affect your rankings in another weight class? No, but he's not. They, he's not a title contender. That's why he moved down. Here's why he moved down because Drew Dober and Benil Dariush moved in. Oh, he's still ahead okay, of them. Okay. But Drew Dober won a big fight this weekend. Okay. And Dariush won his last fight, so they moved in. Gotcha. Um, Islam Makachev. To be honest with you is no disrespect to Cowboy. I love Cowboy. He's one of my favorites. Makachev is a way bigger contender for a title than Cowboy is. So that makes sense. So look, we're talking top five. I'm going to say top seven because, again, Charles Oliveira is a fucking problem. And you know who is a problem too? For real? For real, for real? is Connor. His striking against Kevin Lee was on fucking point. And the fact that he has the ground game that he has, look, if Connor catches him in the first minute of the fight, one of those left hands, who knows? You know, he's been he's been he's been hit. Oliveira, that is, he's been hit and he's been hurt. Right. I'm just saying. That fight goes into the second and third round. That fight goes to the ground. Connor's in a world of shit against that guy. Now again, this is just me. This is scenarios that aren't even in the foreseeable future, but I'm just saying. What about um, what about Poirier Ferguson? 
that's a good fight to make. Why not? They're two and three. I'm just saying at, the, at this point. Like, together or separate? What? What do you mean? What do you mean together, together or separate? Like fighting or separate from each other, they fight different people. No, I I mean, what about Poye? Like, next fight, Poye, Ferguson fight each other. Yeah, why not? And then even the winner of that is still up there as far as, say you have Gagey Khabib, then Connor takes the winner of that. Now you have whoever won Ferguson, Poye, to take well, on that. Here's the thing that I'm curious about. What do you do with five through eight? Right. Who, who do we, we Connor, had? We had Felder. We had, we had not going to take a fight with Dan Hooker, Paul Felder, or Charles Oliveira. He's not. Right, and that that's what kind of sucks. If Tony Ferguson took a fight with any of those guys, I think it would be stupid. I think Tony Ferguson should go, look, it's either Connor or I'm just going to wait. And I either want to rematch with Gaethje or I want to finally get that Khabib fight. I don't want anyone else. But don't, don't you think for him that's a, a dumb move to wait and say, I just want Connor? Because, I mean, he's I not. He's not. The move was fighting Gaethje. He should have. Yeah, won. for sure. Yeah. I, I said that from the get go. But I think if he had waited. Someone else would have stepped in. Someone else would have. I'm just saying. I don't know who that would have been, though. Unless it was Poye. What do you mean? I don't know who that would have been that would have stepped in in front of him. For a title fight? No. H.E. or Connor. We talked about this on one of the last shows. I know, the reason he I know. took the fight. Someone else would have got the title fight. Trust me. If he had not fought, if he had been like, fuck you, UFC. I already made way. I, I'm done. I'm waiting. Someone else would have been, trust me, it probably would have been Connor or maybe Gaethje. Someone else would have, would have been fighting Khabib. Why, though? Because they're assholes, man. I can't explain it to Fer you, dude. Fer I don't Fer know what to no, tell you. No, Fer Ferguson's sitting here waiting for a title fight. He has one scheduled. It, get can it gets canceled. That's not his fault. It's not his fault that the, that the fight gets canceled. So you're telling me that they want to set, they want to set up Ferguson Gagey and they decide, and he decides, no, I only want Khabib. You're saying somebody else is going to step in front of him to get Khabib? Yeah. If he holds on? What do you mean if he holds on? That wouldn't on? make any sense. If, if he holds on and doesn't fight anybody else because he only wants Khabib, he only wants that title shot, yeah. you're saying they're, the UFC, is go, because he didn't take the fight with Gagey, they're going to put Gagey or Connor in that spot yeah. instead. 100%, yes. Yes. I hate yes, your, I, I hate I hate your logic I, because it does make sense because of how because the UFC right. works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you. It's about time. It's I didn't say time. it was right. No, you did. I did you not. Did. No. You said I'm a genius. You, that's Hang what on. You said. Hang on. There's a difference between me saying that you were right and the scenario being right because it is not right and you know it. On top of it, ahead of the game, God should be the matchmaker. That's what you were trying to say about me. I know. Look, when it comes down to it, with what we were just talking about, Khabib and Gaethje are going to fight. Connor has the winner of that fight. Period. And believe me, there are people saying to him, do not take a fight in June. That fight, 
the winner of the title fight makes more sense. You realize he's never defended a belt in the UFC. He's held two. Yes. Never defended one. Right. How crazy is that? The biggest star the UFC has ever known has never defended a title. I don't understand why the star power is still there. Here we go. Uh, well, I'll tell you why. Talk to uh, Cowboy Cerrone's accountant and manager and agent. That's why. Because they all got paid that night. That's why. That's how the star power is still there. Just talk to anyone he's fought. Biggest payday they've ever had. I'm not denying that when he fights, there's money there. I'm saying I don't know why the money, why it, why he is still the draw that he is. I can understand if he was undefeated at this point and he was holding three different titles or whatever. But it's just like you said, we've got a guy who has won two titles, hasn't defended either of those. Well, I wasn't saying that to be a hater. And has just... lost several massive fights. Several? I'll give you two. Nate and Khabib. That's not several. That's, a, that's not several. What would several be? Three? Three? What do you count as several? Well, several means six, first of all. I don't know who Since when? You. When Always. does several mean six? Several Did you just six. make that ask, up? Ask, ask your grandmother or any older person you know. <laughs> several means six. You're showing your um, age. He's lost two. He's lost two. What do you mean three? You're not counting the Floyd fight, are you? I didn't say Is three. I didn't say three. You just said three. No, I didn't. Two. Yes. I said Nate I and Khabib. Count, I don't count Khabib. I don't count him. How is that possible? Because he was drunk and high, dude. I'm telling you, he wasn't focused for that fight. I'm just saying. That doesn't matter. It matters to me. That's it. It matters to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Look, if you had a job to do and you tried to do a drunk and high, you wouldn't do it as well. Plain and simple. And he fucked up. I'm not saying he gets a free pass. So, okay. Okay, so... Gagey fights Khabib. Gagey wins. Connor fights Gagey. Connor shows up high and drunk. He loses. Fight doesn't matter because he was high and drunk. No, uh, you do it twice, you're done. In my, in my, in my... I hate you so much. Your logic is so terrible. <laughs> no. It makes sense if you no. think about it. Oh, no, me. no. Why is he still the money fight? I mean, what are you, crazy? He no, doesn't I, need to be I, an I'm asking why is the draw still there? Why do you watch him fight? Because I have to. That was not a sincere answer. Why do you watch him fight? Do you have a preferred outcome to when he fights? I, I know where you're going with this, and you're saying that you have no, two. No, you have no. No, what you're going no, no, with no. this is don't, you have two different no, sides. Don't rollerblade around. You have two different sides. One side is you have the people who want to see him win because they love him. You have the people who want to see him get his face knocked off. No, I'm just talking about you. I'm down the middle because I, I to me, it, it honestly doesn't matter to me. You're so full of shit. No, I'm not. What do you? I've what do you, you think? What do you I've think? Heard you root against him. I've heard you out loud with other people in the room root against him. You okay. want him to lose. Okay. Correct? Right? I mean, it's not going to hurt my feelings if he loses. No. Guess what? There are millions upon millions of other people that agree with that sentiment. That's I why he's a star. That's exactly what That's I just said. 
No, no, no. But you didn't say it as poetically as I did. That's the point. Oh there God. are millions of people that agree with you. So that's why he's a star. And don't, don't, but you try to play like I'm in the middle. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, no, you care. You root against them. Yeah, but I, that. What? It I'm saying, I'm, what, yeah, because what I'm saying is that any other, there can be any other two fights on the car or any other two fighters fighting each other on the card that I could be right down the middle with. I don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily, I could, I mean, even you, when you watch a fight, you're a little biased one side or the other on who you want to win this fight. That's in where most, I, that's where I, most. that's where I come from with Connor. But that doesn't See, mean that one of those guys is a more of a draw than I, the other. Lying. You're lying when you say that. Well, you're not how being am honest I lying? You how? You're not being honest when you say that. I've heard you root against him. Okay. You know I've rooted have. against a lot of people. We're not talking about a lot of people. We're talking about the moneymaker, the guy that you're questioning. Why is he the draw? Why is he the so moneymaker? So how come other people that I can root against aren't um, as much of a money draw, even though I don't want them to win? They haven't generated the numbers like Connor. That's why. Because Connor knows Connor. how to mouth people? You're trying to turn this into a weird argument that's not even an argument. You're just making up things to say in the moment to defend the fact that you root against the guy and you know that's why he is the is the draw, the draw, not a draw, the draw for the UFC. Actually, no. There's validity in my statement. Which part of your statement? Because people do hate him. But the a lot of that came from him being able to talk on the mic. He's like a newer age Chael Sonnen. That's, first of all, hold on. No disrespect to Chael Sonnen. But let's be, let's be real here. Chael Sonnen was comical when he talked shit. Connor, for real, could talk shit. Now, going back to what you just said, you're making my point for me. You said many people hate him because of his trash talk. I'm not talking about the reasons why you hate him. The fact of the matter is, is you hate him and you want to see him lose. Forget about the reasons why. The reasons how, why how, are how can, how can you do? How can you forget about no, the no, no, reasons no. why? No, no, no. The reasons why you watch are irrelevant if I've already got you watching. You're already watching. You've watched. You're going to keep watching. That's the point. That's what makes him the draw. The reasons in the beginning are irrelevant, right? You no. want to see him lose now. I want to see him win now. We're both going to watch. Dollar bills, dollar bills. Just keep him coming in. People hate him. People love him. People hate him. People love him. Keep him coming in. That's the point. Forget about him talking on the mic. That's old. We know he can do that. You understand that both, of us, he, you understand that both of us are making points right now separate ones right you're one's you're, wrong. you're ignoring my one's points right, and i'm ig wrong. you're ignoring my you're points i'm my ignoring point yours huh you're saying that i'm making your point for you but you're completely ignoring the point that i made that makes what no sense point? what was the point you made you're saying that the reasoning behind him what bringing what are you saying Jesus christ forget about what i'm, I'm trying saying. to what say are you saying <laughs> oh that's god. what i want to know what oh are my you god saying? oh my god what do you got? I've already said it. And you say that none of you basically said that nothing that I have to say is relevant because anything before now is irrelevant. No, 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 no
You're saying that it doesn't matter why people like or dislike him. It doesn't matter because it's we're already here. 100% does not matter now. You're absolutely right. No, I'm absolutely right. Now you're repeating <laughs> what I said. And you're right too. Yes, it does not matter. I was repeating what you said because that's what you said. I'm not repeating it as in it's justified. Listen. This is going to be your final statement. We are over two hours right now. Whatever Fine. you have to say, make it count. <laughs> I got a one-way pass to Justified Island, and you don't get it. I'm giving it to someone else who thinks clearly. You're out of your mind. Oh, Jesus. Holy shit. I think in a way we're saying the same thing, but we're not. And I'm saying it better. I like your somehow sort of way of trying to give me somewhat credit in something that you don't believe. (laughs) I think you're... No, no. What I was saying was you were right about people hate them, people love them. That's fine. Why they hate them or why they love them at this point is irrelevant because they're going to come regardless. We already know that. I, I understand that. I, I understand that. No. We, don't need, we don't need to generate the hate or the love anymore. It's already there. What we need now is a good opponent and a good storyline to add to the hate or the love. What I'm saying is the storyline is for the title against either of those guys. That's what I'm saying. Do you disagree? No. Do you want him to fight in I, June? I, I, don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also don't agree that it's everything before now doesn't matter anymore because this is where we are. Like it's That's not relevant. It's, not re- it's not, not. No, you're saying that it's not relevant. That the reason why people, why he's popular. Yeah, but people aren't thinking about that now. What they're thinking about is who is he going to fight next, right? We've moved on from the shit talking. We know that's what he does. We know he's good at it. Who's he going to fight next? That's what everyone should be asking. Who's he going to fight next? What are you asking? Who's he going to talk shit to? Why are you thinking about that? I'm not even... (laughs) <laughs> oh my god you're not even asking questions oh that's my god Con- connor's gonna fight dustin poirier in june oh jesus fucking christ what a waste of time maybe maybe not he runs over him it's a waste of time and resources do you know dustin, but, but do you dustin know do you know if connor doesn't get the next title fight if if we're if we're looking for a full camp and full time off since gagey just fought you're looking at Connor waiting until Gagey and Khabib fight, and then the time off after that also to get another fight. You're looking at probably a year before Connor fights again. So what? Connor's not going to do that. He took two years off and then a year off. I don't think he wants to do that. He wanted three fights this year. So he. Said, Why would he all of a sudden change that? Could you hear that? No, but That's I could why. see it. Anybody who couldn't see that, it was him making a money in my hand sign dollar dollar bills y'all look dude he's still the biggest draw period i'm not denying he already has i'm not denying that he already has a storyline built in with fighting either of those guys for the title if he has to wait he has to wait now if you want to give him a tune-up fight fine fine which would be who somebody way down the ranks you don't give him nate you don't give him Nate in fucking June. 
because there's no foreseeable reason to book him a title fight if he loses to Nate. And then again, if Nate wins, you don't give him a title shot. So then what do we do for the title? What what happens for the title? Who gets the next shot? Then it's probably Tony. And to be honest with you, Tony's not going to generate any kind of numbers after that loss. Right. No disrespect to Tony, but he's not. He didn't generate numbers before. He's certainly not now. You know, what we saw, like you and I, what we saw was a bad motherfucker in there doing everything he could to beat a monster and and finding every last ounce of energy to win that fight. What the casual fan saw was an old guy getting beat up. Yeah. That's what they saw. They don't want to see that guy fight again. Sucks, but I I think that's the reality. You know, he was never a star, unfortunately, and he's never going to be one. It's too late. It's too late in the game. So you think this is a drop-off point for Tony? No, not necessarily. He could win his next fight and at 38 years old get a title shot. But it's not going to generate near the numbers now because of that loss to Gagey. Fuck no. I don't think so. I don't I agree. I don't think so either. Have we even have they even released the pay-per-view uh, pay-per-view numbers for that card? I haven't seen I haven't, see, I haven't seen anything. I'd imagine it's not that high. What's our next um so they they have booked Woodley and Burns, right? The 30th. Is that a fight night or is that a pay-per-view? That's a fight night. Okay. The next pay-per-view is UFC 250, which is in June, the 6th, 6th, maybe. And we don't have a fight card yet? There's a card. It's not great. The headlining fight is Nunez and uh, oh, Alicia that's right. Spencer. That's right. But the, the rest of the card is... They're still not posting that on UFC's website. You know that? They have those two posted. They do? Yeah. Because when I seen it, it just so, showed TBD on everything. No, the, those two are there. Okay. But the rest of that card is, they're good fights, but not a pay-per-view card. I wonder why they came out with such a bang with having three three cards within like a week of each other. I think because you had so many canceled headliners. I think that's why. And I yeah. think you had to, to be honest. So they filled the void with all of those, all of the canceled headliners and then co-main events. So now they're going to sort of re you know be able to build a schedule from there on out so right i don't know man i gotta piss all right let's get out of here